Um, did you want me to make a Google Meet and just send you the... No, we're audio? going. Uh, this is it. It's Welcome to the Pepe Sanchez, my secret basketball podcast. Pepe doesn't know about this. We're here on location with the fellas of the Peyton years, Andy Clark, Sam Whiteley. I'm in your domain. And let me tell you, it is so nice as as a as a married fellow i just it coming over here you got basketball on the big tv you're sipping manhattans it makes me sad when you call it the big tv <laughs> i don't get basketball on the big tv a lot i got to go to the little tv uh, the freedom the just the dudeness of this place you got wheels the cat hanging out with us it is an amazing time and i love it i got into a, i was late because i got into uh, a side adventure. I I know where you live, but I don't know the like the address. So I know I put into my phone Rose City Golf Club, right? And I then I'm like I'll figure it out from where from there. And I was trying to pick up some uh, some refreshments for you fellas for for coming on to the Pepe Sanchez pod. And did you know you have a fake plaid pantry nearby? A fake one. What do you mean? It says you plaid mean? pantry on the side of the road, and you pull into it, but it's uh it's their training center. Oh it's yeah, I know exactly store. where you're talking about. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. So then about. I was all out of sorts. This and, is on 82nd. This isn't yeah. that close to Rose City Golf Course Well, it, it was the way my phone took me. Sure. Yeah, my mind is blown because, you know, this is kind of the hood. So there's literally like two plaid pantries within walking distance of this. Well, yes. so then I get here and I'm like, okay, there's the place. But I got to get some drinks. So I go to the, I'm just like, I look for the nearest uh, store and I go to the Asian grocery store. Nice. And I go in there, and I don't, I don't think they have beers. They either. don't have alcohol. No. Um, I almost got us some like Asian energy drinks. So I was like, we could probably have a fun night with those, seeing how those make our bodies feel. Yeah, the ones that are fresh. Let's each drink yeah, one. Yeah, really like the pallets, the pallets mm-hmm. in a weird, like a, a weirdly sized can. No, I know exactly. But what I was like, about. no, I got to go to a real plaid pantry. So I go to the real plaid pantry, mm-hmm. and then that's a whole thing. I'm getting attacked when I get out of my car. I get in there. Uh, shout out to uh, Hezekiah behind the register, uh-huh. listening to some cool rap I've never heard before. He's a white guy, Hezekiah. You, it's it's the one it's one of the plaids where you got to give your ID to get the key to get the to the beer locker. They're all like you know, that in this neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> this is a norm for us. It's not just that one. It's not even like this in St. John's, you know. And so, uh, you know, I did that, and he was great, and we had a great time. And then I walk in here. Andy's whipping up Manhattans. Basketball's on the big TV. The fellas are just the toilet seats are up in the bathroom. You know. Yeah, this is by rule. Country. Keep by it that rule, way. Dude. You need to put it down. Do so, then put it back up. And you, so Andy, Sam, everyone who listens to this podcast knows the Peyton years. Everyone's a big Peyton head. The the world's only podcast dedicated to the Oregon State men's basketball team program you guys you're insiders you're going to secret practices you're having beers with the coaches correct you're giving scouting reports correct trying uh, to you're trying to you're you're and you you I listened to your guys's um Pac-12 preview very informative <laughs> you know it was you know it's like a more of a more of a basketball related preview of the Pac-12 season but I think for Pepe Sanchez, we can do a similar preview, but it's maybe less about you know the nuts and bolts, right, and more about the 
just the vibes. The balls and the butts. The balls and the butts, you know? I love that. And there is a very unique vibe, as we all know, to this upcoming final ever Pac-12 men's basketball season. I think it really started when we went to the Hoop Summit. That's when my excitement... Mm. And I don't think at that time we knew that Oregon and Washington would drive a stake into the heart of something dying that we all cared about and kill it so selfishly. Wow. But even then, you know... We knew it was going to be a weird year, and just seeing Shellstad and Isaiah Collier yes. and Bronny, it got me in the mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seeing uh, Bronny's private security guards dressed as coaches, staring Who, face first at the By crowd. the way, murderers. Yeah, those are military mercenaries. They have killed. Those dudes don't know ball. These, they weren't these, there these to talk to people who zone. dress as, head, as assistant coaches and guard Bronny have killed a lot of people. You can see it in their eyes. And their forearm tattoos and the way they tuck their polos into their jeans. Yeah, Sam's <laughs> right. That really should have been a forebear for what was going to happen this back 12 season. Just hired mercenaries come in to kill something that's beautiful. Well, and I have... Yeah. Okay, so in case... You know, I have a lot of EuroLeague listeners. They may not know that mm-hmm. this is the last Pac-12 basketball season. Right? And, and brothers out there, if you're a sicko for EuroLeague ball and you're not into... Mm-hmm. Power Five Division One men's college basketball. You are missing out on something you'd be well, really I, into. I, I would say get into it because, I, and especially this is true for the Pac-12. A lot of the best players go on to the Euro. It's a very symbiotic relationship. It's a feeder yeah, league. It's a feeder it, league. It is like JV Euro League. Mm-hmm. I would say the Pac-12. And it, I have a couple stats for you about from Pac-12.com okay. about this upcoming season. Nine. What is going to happen to that website domain, <laughs> by the way? It's up for grabs. I'm going to buy it. And I'm going to put my dick on there. Nine top 50 signees, Thank more you. than any other conference. Right. Interesting. Um, and those not, those uh, are going to five different schools. Five returning first-team all-conference players. Five returning all-defense players. 17, 17 incoming transfers who were on an all-conference team. Highlighted by, I would say, Jaden Bradley from Alabama going to Arizona. Really traditional point guard, right? Uh, SEC all-freshman. He was 24th in the country as a high school player. Caleb Love, famous Tar Heel wild card. Uh, Moses Wood, my favorite... Uh, University of Portland player last year who was all WCC. He's white, just in case you. Uh, he, I call him. I call white him White Moses. Moses, and he must have some real personality quirks because he is six eight. He can shoot it amazing, and this is like his fourth or fifth team. His, in his dad college career. played in the NBA. I think really? he's a handful. Yeah. Well, it's good to see him back up though, because he started at UNLV, then popped down to UP, and now he's back up to a power conference. Now he's back up. Um, and, and Andy, I've heard you refer to this season of Pac-12 basketball as breakup sex. Breakup sex. Yeah, it's breakup sex because just like the football season right now, you're seeing elite level Pac-12 teams. I think this is going to be a breakout year for a lot of the Pac-12 teams that a lot of the country is not seeing coming. And yeah, it's going to be so good, and then it's going to be gone forever. I was going to call it. I was calling it, thinking of it as hospice care. No, but I think it's more exciting than that. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, hospice care would be like all the teams are good. It can't be hospice care. All the teams are good. The time to be sad about it is it now. You know, I'll miss it later. But I'm in the mix of 
of, of some hot the, breakup sex. You're right in the now. throes of passion. I'll, right. I'll throw this out there. You could. There's a good chance in my eyes that you could see the national champion come from the Pac-12. Wow, this that would year be the first year. Pac-12 champion since '96, I think. Yeah, since the last UCLA one. UCLA won. Ed O'Bannon? Yes. Oh, my God. Ed O'Bannon team. Didn't, did Arizona not cam- get one in He had a 98? camcorder. Oh, with, with, Lou, oh, with Miles Ar- Simon. And, yeah, and they Lou got Wilson. one around the same time frame. I think that was right after. And I hate to give them anything. And, and I did selfishly just kind of steer us towards this. But more importantly, Oregon State has made an Elite Eight more recently than Arizona has. So that's a very important fact that should not be lost. Thank you. <laughs> and I was thinking we should... So first of all, quick question for you two. How do you watch Pac-12 basketball games on TV? I don't know that it's one answer. I mean, I... I, I <laughs> do. Sam, stop. I will stop you, Sam. That was so selfish of you. <laughs> it is one answer, Seth. The answer is that I pay a very high cable bill for us to have Comcast and we have traditional cable. Okay. How could you say it's not one answer? That well, we occasionally the answer. watch the games other play. I was going to give you due credit. I should have let you answer the question, though. Well, I pay rent, which maybe some of that goes towards it. I don't it know. It does not. You do. <laughs> Sam's rent is just the cable bill. So, how, but how, so Pac 12 channel, Comcast? Like, is there, yeah. are there easier ways? Cause I have, no, there I are have not. stumbled. There's okay. no easy way to do it. There, okay. there are not. And we didn't, I didn't want to do it. It's just, you're, you're forced to. Like, if you live in Oregon, you're forced to essentially go down this route. I assume it's similar in other states. But okay. Like, what happened to us was that um, we switched internet. Like, my parents have traditional cable, and they have a Comcast sign-in, so I just used to watch their games through yes. Pac-12.com. Because you can stream all their games online. It is convenient if you have a login. But as soon as I switched cable providers from CenturyLink to Comcast, which are my only two real options in the area that I live, and Comcast provides a much higher speed than CenturyLink for a cheaper price, I guess. Um hmm. Once you switch over internet providers, it won't let you use another person's sign-in. Mm. And it blocks you from using any other login oh my because God. it recognizes that you're on a different internet provider. And it forces you to get the cable package. But there is good news because if you bundle your phone with them, too, you can actually save money. Oh, God. That's yeah. horrible. That, that was a really insulting thing they threw at you at the end of that. I heard that conversation because the, the representative was on speakerphone. I believe I was here for that as well. Yeah, I think, I so. think so. I'm, yeah. I'm here for the key moments of the of your life. You pretty much live here. That was coming <laughs> up on... Sam does now. <laughs> exactly a year ago, because that was on, on the tip-off of the college basketball season right. last year. That's right. Okay, so people can't watch the games. No, Can I just say this, too? Like, you have to listen to our podcast, and we'll describe the games for you. For what Andy pays for a cable bill, the fact that we have the main Pac-12 network in the Pac-12 Oregon, but not Pac-12 Washington, Southern California, <laughs> Bay Area, Pac-12 Mountain, it's so insulting. Cartoon There's so network. few people that want all of, like, who is fine with just having the, like, we would all appreciate it. LeBron James is going to find this out in like early February. <laughs> he's going to be and he's there's going to be nothing anyone can do for it. LeBron's going to tweet about. So one time LeBron got mad at the NBA app because he was trying to watch something. Oh, he and has he no tweeted idea. it, and then they like fixed it. So maybe if he tweets, "Hey, Pac-12," but 
nobody's home. Right. That implies the the power to fix anything. People like you killed this, LeBron. What do you mean? (laughs) Billionaires. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe LeBron... Maybe if Bronny wants to stick around... Maybe LeBron will just buy the pack. Bronny might have to stick around now with his heart condition. Well, he might possibly. have to go two years. He might have just had a nice way to skip the the one year, and then he'll just join LeBron. I, that on, was on kind the, of my theory, but apparently he's healthy. Undrafted. Yeah, he's healthy. He's yeah. playing game one, so I, which I do respect him for. He's a dog. He's a dog. We love Bronny. So I thought about. I'm thinking about the Pac-12 this year in my viewing. I want to reward. Like, we're in an attention economy. Right. The best thing you can do is give something your attention. That's the dollar signs. Mm-hmm. So I want to organize my viewing based on who deserves it. Mm-hmm. All right? And I think we both know at the top of the Pac-12, I've been calling them the Virtuous Two. I've heard you call them the Pac-2. But there's right. two teams that really deserve morally. Right. And that is uh, the Washington State... And, of course, our Oregon State Beavers. Right. The best team in the Pac-12. And I will ask you all at home to open up your Bibles to Luke 6.20. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Amen. I'm... (laughs) I'm so sick of people throwing that quote in Beaver's faces. <laughs> right, you, Dude, you I'm gonna go to games. <laughs> I'm gonna go to games with Luke six twenty holding it up. <laughs> You'll get on TV because almost everyone who goes to games gets on TV. If you have a cool <laughs> sign, at, at especially a non-conference game, at you'll you'll get on. The you don't even need a sign. If you go to the game and sit there, they will put you on TV. The Beavers have won six conference games since making the Elite Eight two thank, seasons thank ago. You. However, you downplay that. To specify, that five that, came in the yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah. You're da- I was gonna say you're downplaying the build. Why'd you the build like that? But I think so. To me, the That's Beavers. Bias. Hey, Pope Jordan Pope. He's a pro. He's former a pro. Peyton years guest. Jordan former Pope. Peyton years guest. Same birthday as Sam Whiteley. Wow. Which is really cool for me. I <laughs> I, I'm not proud of how excited I was when I found that out on my birthday. By the way. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a little gift right there. Um, and like the Beavers, they're in a they they are everyone knows they're in this rebuild where they brought in all it's these a, freshmen and they're building them out. It's a three year rebuild. They won one conference game the first year. That's they not won, part of the rebuild. No, 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 no. That's not part we of the rebuild. We are in year two of the rebuild. Five year games, five games in year two, five games in year one, three. So the one the one conference in one year that was a reset. That was no. Well, that was, and I'll we'll speak to this. We can be candid on your podcast because I don't think the listeners will really right. You can be you can be free here. Um, but, those were those were what we like to call in the business bad kids. Uh, <laughs> those were bad. I do kids. feel like you're jumping past the three and twenty eight season. Yeah, more that's than, a standalone thing. That's that's what do you know, like a hostage type situation where you get these bad kids in here and you have to hold on to them for a year and they know it and you know it and they kind of got a stranglehold on you and they're bad kids. Okay. And I would challenge you to find one of those kids and tell me they're good. Who's thriving? Yeah. Since? Since. Yeah. 
Correct. All right. Well, I can't argue with that. This is the the rebuild started with the Pope freshman class. We're Correct. Out, Pope we're, is the rebuild. Well, they were the youngest team in the country last year. Literally the youngest team. Youngest in the country. team in the country. That's when the rebuild starts. That's where you take your lumps. You get the five wins. You say it's okay. There were some close games. And by the way, eleven overall. Thank you. Right. So okay, six yeah, more plus that. Me. Hey, and we'll, beat, we'll beat Portland State this year. Right. Give us one more shot at Portland State. That's all I'm asking. The for. famous famous Oregon State foil, Portland State. Well, I challenge you, Seth. This is one thing that, and for our listeners, this is one entertaining thing about Oregon State is there's actually a lot of things that they're doing in the country that nobody else is. And I would challenge you to find one other school that lost to the same Big Sky team twice, twice. in the yes. preseason. University of Seattle did that, did they not? They did, and guess and who beat them? Oregon State. That wow. was actually a huge game. That's the type of buildup you're going right. to get. What did we call season. that? The Big Sky Bowl? We gave that <laughs> game a moniker. If you listen to our podcast. It was a huge game Huge game. And I that, guess the best player on DU had a mullet. He was like this like kind of stocky white guy with a mullet, and he was just going to work. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, Seattle, they had two, him and Cam Tyson. This is too much no, of a No, it's DU, not Seattle U. Oh, it was DU, I apologize. Yes. Sam, come on. Well, okay, so the point is, the Pepe listener, listeners, prioritize Oregon State and Washington State. But I not mean, really Washington State, because they will be absolutely terrible to watch. I mean, their coach is good, Thank right? You. Move on. <laughs> Which is a hard sell on a team. All right, um... I have the next tier. I call this so. I have the virtuous two. That's who, that's how the, I call the it. pack two. Now we're the into Luke six twenty. Now we're into the trader ten. Now I'm into the trader ten. I call this first tier the spineless dipshits. Okay. And this is Stanford and Cal. That's high I up. Respect that's, that. that's high up on your. We're watch going list. to the lowest of the low. Sure. Right, so they're they're spineless dipshits, but it gets worse than it being gets worse that. than yeah. that. Okay. So um, Stanford, Peja Junior. Peja Junior. Stanford, in theory, their team will be sick, but their coach is terrible. Also, on paper, their twenty wins they won. Um, you you all raised this on your pod, which is a point I hadn't thought about before. It was like even when a program like Stanford, like Harvard. When hot recruits, like Paige's kid is a top recruit. The type of top recruits that go to these schools are not going there because they're dogs who want to win. They're going there because they're like, I can make a lot of good connections and get a quality education. Right. They're thinking about the company they're going to start. That's the, the type of takes you'll get on our podcast. So that some of the right. guys are too in the college. And I yes. will say, Zaire Williams is the exception that proves the rule to that. Yes. Like, he played at Sierra Canyon. Everyone assigned him as being a lottery pick at a high school. Yeah, I think he, he chose Stanford because he thought it was cool. Jared Hass doesn't give a shit what you're doing in your free time as much as Mick Cronin or right. someone like that. You want, a break? you want a break from competitive uh, a coach yelling at you? You know, go to Stanford. Just go chill. Well, Join the chess team. Stanford. I'll give the run. Like to me, Stanford. The rundown is Jared Hess, who's been their coach forever. It lost a five. Has lost five star recruits. Has had like the best roster Stanford's had uh-huh. since like probably like the Lopez twins. Has never made the NCAA tournament. He's terrible. But this team is pretty sick. They've got. An overtime elite guy. I saw that. I was like, how did he get to Stanford? Like, that guy must have been... He's thinking. Yeah, for sure. They return a lot He's of players. He's that dude is playing chess with his life. Yeah. yeah. They return, like, three six-foot wings. They have a good point guard. Finally, this year, if he stays healthy, they have, like, a transfer point guard who... Speak of your, like, all-American type kids. He went to Georgetown 
and now and graduated. Now he's getting a graduate one year degree from Stanford in like leadership. So it's like I don't know if he's gonna he's be getting a leadership. He's getting a design school certificate. From he's got to be smart enough to be like I could coach a team better than so, Patrick Ewing or in, Jared Haas. In too. theory, they'll be good, but the problem with them, and this is what a lot of teams run into, is like the theme of the Pac-12 this year and what people aren't really talking about outside the Pac-12 if they're not the no, which most of the national media, you know, the game is too late. We know, we know it. about it. Yeah. Is that this is going to be a league dominated by the bigs, and the best teams have two giant bigs on them. Like, all the best teams have two giant bigs on them. Stanford has one pretty tall guy who's always in foul trouble. That will hurt them. That could be the Achilles heel. Plus, their coach is terrible. Also, I will disagree, but we'll save that for later. Because we got Cal, and the what I can say about Cal is they are so excited about Mark Madsen They've that, set themselves that up. That you know failure. this is just a horrible, horrible program. <laughs> I think it's, oh, it's a terrible You should program. not be this excited about Mark Matz. No, the bar is so low. Like people think Oregon State has like a low bar for expectations. Like go to Cal and walk around. Right. It. And are they are they have fun at Beaver Games? Are they sort of proud of it at Cal? They're like, we don't even care about this because we're we have all this we're you know, it's Berkeley. They're not into sports. Yeah, they don't care about the sports. It's a side thing. Right. Um, they have all this money. They have all this recruiting talent. It doesn't in their make any area. sense. You're in Oakland. How are you not good at basketball? They're they sh- they have everything on paper that should make a good. Program. How did Damian Lillard not go to Cal? Exactly. Grades. I would. Say. I mean, they always fall back that they actually have a standard for academic excellence, right. or they. That's Which true. is, it's like only true when they want it to be, I'll, though they've also had team. I, I I mean, this is still an Oregon State podcast, and I think including Jay John, who is still employed still by employed. Cal He's basketball. basketball and if he, <laughs> he has, we've been confirmed, it's been confirmed to Andy and I, he has an office overlooking the court at Haas Pavilion. That's amazing. It's an amazing place if you want to get away what from... What an oversight. Uh, it seems like people it, caring about results. Yeah, it seems so relaxed. It seems like the ultimate college job. I went to... So I had a, a friend I grew up with uh, went to Cal for track. Nice. And so I went down and visited him. And we got to hang out all night VIP at an Asian frat because they thought we were all on the baseball team. Just <laughs> because you were taller white guys? Yes, exactly. That right. was it fun? It was the most amazing night of my life. <laughs> so I have a soft spot for... We also played basketball in the park with a bunch of... It was us and some homeless dudes who were pretty good. We just like crawled out of the bushes to play to, so we could get enough guys That's to That's always fun. an interesting one. It was fun. Like, it was very good. Cal... Cal will be... I'll say this for them. They'll be bad, but they'll, they've been so bad for so long... That they will catch people slipping this year, and they'll get five or six wins, I think, just on the backs of the knee-jerk reaction of going to Cal and thinking it's going to be a pushover game, when in reality, Mark Madsen has stocked this team with Texas Tech thugs. I don't don't think that Mark people get—I think Mark Madsen does get that he's over his head. He was so built for Utah Valley in a mid-major, religion-based— yeah. Niche school where he could get good players. A non-power that, five Mormon every, school. Here's what people don't get about Mark <laughs> Matz. In the first season of The Last Chance You, yeah. he is recruiting one of the players on 
ELAC, East LA mm-hmm. community. He does not sign him because it's not a good fit. But his questions that they film him asking are strictly about how faithful he is to his girlfriend. <laughs> That's not Power Five shit. Yeah. Oh, they're very excited about Mark. I, I know. It's only going to get worse because both those teams are going to the ACC. Right. So good luck playing <laughs> against two. You think home. John Shire is asking how Kyle Filipowski treats his girlfriends? I, I, wish, I think he tries not to bring up. <laughs> I, I wish. I wish for for all of us that we could fly over to watch the first Cal's first East Coast trip in the ACC. Uh, Their first home and go to, game. Let's go to game and game. Like the whole trip. Let's go I Duke, UNC. Yeah. Let's just go watch all of them. You think Mark Madsen's going <laughs> to deal with the student, the Duke student heckles about his religion well, I mean, and just, home life? If you watch, if you've watched Cal basketball, and I have no faith, maybe this team will be better offensively, but they've literally been one of the worst teams in the country at offense the last couple of years. And to picture them going against like. Tony Bennett's Virginia defense. No. It's like, you might get 28 no points this no, game. <laughs> like, awful. If you can't make a single sure. jump shot, which you guys haven't been able to do in four years, it's going to get pretty bleak out there. Tony Bennett should be in prison <laughs> for crimes against basketball. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, we have... The I, Bennett family <laughs> is the Hurley family if they sucked more, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Dick Bennett is cooler than Bob Hurley Sr., but his children fucking suck. Woo! It's a funny move to take a job knowing you're going to quit and give it to your son in the middle of a tenure. <laughs> it is a shitty thing to do. I mean, like, being too much of a coward to ever actually coach past high school is lamer, in my opinion. These are takes you get on the Pepe Sanchez podcast. These are great. Podcast. Um, next tier I have, I call these the Fairweather Fools. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, we have University of Washington. They're going to be terrible. Who I have no faith in. Absolutely. They're, it's over. Romar was the height of that program, it Somehow. turns out. The Mike Hopkins' tenure is we the college Hopkins basketball. is... How long has Hopkins it's, been there? It's Lucy holding the football and telling Charlie she won't pull it. Why? To say that's, like the, that's the equivalent of picking Washington sixth and or like, fifth. I, I did it last year. Like Cal, um, plenty of quality players coming out of the area yeah. they have first dibs on every 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 hooper from seattle to tacoma well, that's what romar made his living off of just and that's how Romar. Players. that's all romar did and they were good but hopkins uh hasn't ever figured it out um even white moses can't save this team no they're gonna be terrible and they have a college basketball's equivalent of rajon rondo and severe wheeler coming in so wow. good luck with that it'll be very frustrating watching him be wasted and yeah throw no look passes out of bounds however in the fairweather fools i have the first of who i think is a contender to win the pac-12 is university of oregon all right uh a solemn nod a solemn, a, nod, a solemn nod, nod of respect me. from the peyton years um, it, they could be a fun team. Uh, Mookie is who hurt. We, oh, is he? Yeah, until right. December. Oh, that's not good. Dante still playing. Still playing. Jackson Jackson Shellstad. A god. A god. Uh, a private home gym god. So I had, on our last podcast, Andy, we talked about how set up for success Jackson Shellstad is. And it just he's very good. And someone made the argument that because of his upbringing, 
that it takes some of the dog out of him. And un- I unfortunately have to disagree. I understand the point, but like Peyton Pritchard has made the path for a private home Jim Westlin well, god. Yeah, also, and it's so clear. Kobe. And- Kobe is a blueprint for the for the blue blood god. Just yes. for, if your listeners Steph Curry. If your listeners aren't familiar with Jackson Shellstad, just to give you a background <laughs> on his upbringing before we start arguing about it, Jackson Shellstad comes from Westland, which is a suburb of Portland, which is very wealthy. He has a indoor private basketball court in his backyard with NBA trainers coming to yes. train him since he was 14. He's won multiple state championships. He won the Les Schwab Invitational, which is like this huge national tournament that no, a no local team ever wins. He beat Bronny's team. He beat so many good yep. teams. He is a legend. made for college. He's 6'3", an amazing shooter. He's not going to do well in the NBA. Maybe he'll be like an end-of-the-bench type of like score guy, but he's going to start from day one. And, I, and Dana Altman, I saw him talk two years ago, two years ago, and he said when he was talking, everybody knows that when Jackson gets here, it's Jackson's team. And that was when he was like a junior in high school. And All Dana that to say Peyton Richard 2.0. He is Peyton 2.0. Also, here's uh, I have a, a friend who worked in the NBA in the front office, and he got invited. He, he was here hanging out in Portland just hanging out because he likes to go get like nachos and drink and be a dirtbag. Right. And he was like, oh, i got to go out to West Lynn. He's like, what's West Lynn? I, I got invited to West Lynn because one of my friends who trains NBA players is training some kid. And what he went, where he went was Jackson's house. And he didn't know who this guy was. This is when Jackson was in high school because his NBA trainer friend wanted to show him like new workouts that he was putting people through. And he, he so like he literally hung out at Jackson's house for a day as like an NBA front office person, not even knowing yet who Jackson is. So that is the institutional advantage that Jackson has. The it's du- crazy. Yeah, and like their main rival is Lake Oswego at this point, which is where Kevin Love went, and also Salim Stoudemire and some other people who, who to- went there only for that reason. <laughs> it's it's. He's going to have an instant impact. This Oregon team is going to be good. It's going to be a bounce-back team. They've been down the last couple of years. The guard plays way better. Jackson's going to take over. He's going to be their leading scorer. Mookie Cook, when he comes back, he's a 6'8 stud. He's from Portland. It kind of irks me because they're getting like some cool Portland players. Like I've always loved Mookie. He played at Jefferson. Mookie, incredible Portland guy. He's literally played He played Literally LeBron. played LeBron in the movie. He's going to be really good. He was like a 6'8 point guard in high school. People yeah. compared him to Terrence Jones in the city. Um and best he, athlete since Terrence Jones out of Jefferson. Be, can we say best out of Portland since Terrence Jones? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And can we hope... You, you have to go back farther to find a better and one. And because you know what the city does to players. <laughs> I, well, I would say I would say Tavon Wilson, but he, you know, wow. he didn't make it out of anything, and he barely played, but he was wow. a freak athlete. Yes. Shout out to Tavon. Hey, man, a shout out to Brandon Brooks while we're here. For, I, I, <laughs> this, you know? Obviously, we were going to have to bring up Brandon Brooks if we're... The yeah. God. All right. Um, okay. Next tier I have, uh, you shouldn't have been here anyways. Colorado and Utah. Should we watch these teams this year? Do we care? As a Pac-12 uh, lifer, Conference of Champions, I have never cared about these schools, and I don't consider them Pac-12. Utah will be more interesting to me than Colorado. Colorado, 
is getting a lot of national love. Like, they're one mm. of the higher-rated teams in the country that's not, like, an Arizona or maybe a UCLA. They might be the second-highest-rated team in the country outside of Arizona because they bring in a lot of returners. A lot of people pick their small forward to silver to be player of the year. But I think it's kind of fool's gold. Again, lack of depth at center point. They have, like, a fat center, but that's it. They have one fat center from Simpson, TCU. Their, their point guard their point is guard. a little bit overrated. Yeah. Jordan Pope is already a lot better than U- him. Utah will be much better than people think they are. It's a bunch of really strong white people. It's kind of exactly what you think a Utah basketball team looks like. It's like a this stereotype is, of a Utah. It's a stereotype of a stereotype. Strong whites. Yeah. And they brought in a Colorado <laughs> transfer, another seven-foot-tall, red-headed white guy. So it's wow. just it's just wave after wave of whites. I... They're taking too many liberties, bringing in a redheaded white. <laughs> it's <something>. tough because <laughs> he's the diverse. Based <laughs> on vibes, I I don't recommend as a Pac-12 person. Well, it depends. Watching them. Do you like rock fights? <laughs> but if you, if you like you, rock fights, you'll like Utah. And you just yeah, they're fun. Both of them. I I think Colorado's overrated, but he's named Twenty Win Tad for a reason. If you're one of those people that like that goes based off the coach, you like Tad Boyle's cool. It's hard for us to do this ranking because we watch we every, like Tad. We well, we watch every Pac-12 game and we love every Pac-12 team. That's why we're so devastated by the loss <laughs> of the conference. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. know. Will we be as into the Mountain West? Exactly. Like I'm gonna enjoy all of it while right. it's still alive. I hate. I tried to make uh, Colorado into a villain in my mind. How they play, their success. What success? Their moderate success, <laughs> right? But Tad, I like Tad. If you're yeah. a Beaver, if you're a Beaver fan, you'll always appreciate Tad because in the three win season, as yes, you glossed this, over this unforgettable moment, everyone remembers. Not just you and I. There was a Colorado home game at Oregon State, and before the game, there's nobody in the stands. And before the game, one of the shots they you did get was, the idea that it's closer to tip off than you'd like for the two head coaches to be sitting alone in the stands, basically. <laughs> and you can just tell that Wayne Tinkle, yeah, it's just Wayne Tinkle sitting next to Tad. And you can just tell, they don't have any, like, audio, obviously, but you can just tell that Wayne Tinkle's kind of pouring his heart out about how bad the season's just going. Just two six, eight big white ballers that respect <laughs> the fuck out of each other. And we've we've had it confirmed by several people in the wow. know who have met Tad Boyle that he, he's uh, a good guy. That guy rules. Yeah. The way he was ejected from his team's game against Colorado, or against a UCLA. Well, didn't he get... Uh, wasn't he living a different a corporate life, and then he got in a car accident, and he's like, I got a yeah. coach? Yeah, well, because he played at Kansas. He was a very Which, good player. Yeah. He played at Kansas, then he was in, yeah, a finance guy, yeah. got in a car crash, and said, this is what I want to do, and started volunteering, I think maybe even with the Kansas team, and kind of broke Damn. That That's goal. the detail of it that blows my mind, is like, you were playing at Kansas, and it didn't occur to you you could pursue basketball <laughs> professionally. <laughs> like, you're like, God, I love playing at Fog Allen Fieldhouse, yeah. but... It's time to make some money after this. Fog Allen, Allen Fieldhouse, by the way, one it's on my bucket list. I, I have a very short bucket list and going to a game in the fog. Yeah. <laughs> That's on there. All right. Well, I got another tier. They are who we thought they are. Okay. What's that mean? That is Arizona and Arizona State. Yeah, fuck them. I mean, like... Exactly. Logistically, they don't directly deserve more blame than Oregon, Washington, or the the Southern California schools, but that is the one. I was like, I 
That's the part of a breakup that's easiest to accept. <laughs> is like, yeah, I never liked being associated with yeah, either of one course. of those institutions. Yeah. Sam, who literally got in a verbal altercation with the Arizona State basketball team at last year's Pac-12 tournament. Well, if we want to be honest, kind of too. But uh, I don't like Bobby. Like, Hurley Jr. is... Arizona State will be terrible. Arizona will win the national championship. I mean, do you really think... I mean, Arizona has a lot going for it. They have everything. I mean, I can't think of one thing they don't well, have. Well, you didn't even mention their biggest... In my mind, their biggest transfer that people are downplaying is they got Keisha Johnson, who was the starting power forward for San Diego State, who was in the national championship. He's walks He's in as the most athletic player in the Pac-12. Freak athlete, can run, jump, defend four positions. Exactly what you need around Ballow. Right. They, Their center Ballow is probably going to be player of the year. People are downplaying him. He's going to be unst- He's ba- He's Pac-12 Shaq. Also, Let's- Caleb Love on on the heels before their disaster season. He was sick on that. Yeah, run. people are downplaying they- how good Caleb Love can be. The, uh, listen, Caleb Love's a baller, but like UNC was an NIT team two years in a row that happened to win eight games in a row at the right time. Andy is trying to Boom. be objective. And, and present to people, as as am I, that we watch a lot of Pac-12 basketball. We're not just biased towards our own team. Arizona's mm. good enough to win the national championship. But there's like 12 teams that are, and at least one of them's going to have more dog in them than Tommy Lloyd's first Tommy year. Lloyd is the only... This is, a, this is a test season for Tommy Lloyd to see... Because mm. he's had two top seeds, not like yes. and there's no seeds, there's really no Kirk Risa to be like for some reason I have to nobody blame, to blame him. <laughs> yeah, so he's <laughs> no one to blame it on. There's this no is, Mark Few here because this is a system that me and Sam have brought up. Uh, this is a conspiracy that uh, Tommy Floyd is soft, and that it comes ooh, out incredibly soft. I mean, and Princeton we saw it when Princeton harder. just executed. They better. just played. They literally just played harder. They're like, hey, what if we ran down the court faster than Arizona? And I don't think like Keyshawn Johnson. Johnson, probably an NBA player, so is Umar Ballo. Keisha Johnson's like 25. <laughs> okay, but like, yeah. he's That's okay, so he's a right, Euro right. League. I he's forget Euro that some of them have been around yeah. seven years at this point. Right, he's a professional basketball playing in Thank college you. with Umar Ballo, but so yes. is Azulis Tabellas. No, he's more athletic than Azulis. He's be- but like, Azulis Tabellas shot six, or 73%. Sam doesn't like the stakes, he hates Arizona so much, but I'll say this the Alabama transfer is clutch. Caleb Love will be better. Keelan Boz will be will be good enough that it's a three guard rotation where they'll be solid enough. What hurts you is clutch time, and mm. I happen to be in the minority mm. that I still think that like Caleb Love, if there's one thing he's good at doing, it's just like dribbling crazy with five seconds left at the end of the game and putting it up because he already has the confidence to think that he can yes. make it. True. He's already done it before. If you narrow down his role, the problem at North Carolina was that Caleb Love was like. I'm going to average 30 points a game. Right. It's like you can't do that. He's going to get to Arizona, and they're going to say, you got to pass the ball into the post 30 times a game, and if we're tied with 30 seconds left, Tommy Lloyd is so soft, he'll never tell you what to do. <laughs> then you can do whatever you want. That's what Kirk Creaser did. Kirk Creaser would get to a minute left in the game and yeah, say, bad. it's my turn. He's going to do the same thing, but he's better at it. Kirk Creaso, one of the, uh, one of the biggest disgraces in NCAA. One of the biggest frauds, dude. They tried to convince us he was <laughs> good for two years. I banged this drum a long time. Everyone told us. Andy and I have both been told to please <laughs> pipe down with our Kirk Creaso criticism because I took Arizona plus minus like 14 against Arizona State, and they let him hang around. 
It's well, and, I, and I made my thoughts on the basketball game I was watching known. Well, yeah, I want to say the story because like we have a soft spot in our in our hearts for Arizona because last year at the Pac-12 tournament we were watching the Arizona Arizona State game. Yes, and we were talking with Arizona State fans behind us, not heckling the Arizona team, but simply talking with them and agreeing, frankly, simply engaging in a dialogue and engaging in a dialogue and agreeing that we didn't think this team was very good. <laughs> and then two, this ain't the shit that wins six games in a row in March and April. And, and we two were Arizona, correct, by yeah, the way. Two Arizona fans turn around in front of us. They're either like a really attractive. 60-year-old women or really haggard, like, early 20s women's Arizona fans. It's impossible to tell. And they say, you guys are the worst. We're a great team. And we go, you, you're you a good team, but you have bad guards. And that means you're going to lose the first mm-hmm. round of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And they said, how would you know you're an Oregon State fan? And I said, who would know better about bad guards than an Oregon State fan? Wow. We could see him a mile away. You're going to lose in the first round of the tournament. They said whatever and turned around. But I know they thought about me and Sam on that day. I know Damn. they lost to a team in orange and black. They had to. Damn. I know. Who There's had so much conversation with our podcast, honestly. Damn. You are a force for good in the universe. Yeah, but Arizona will be they'll be fun to watch. I wish they were higher on your rankings. They'll be cool. Keyshawn well, Johnson is going to dunk on people so hard this year. It's going to be insane. Because there's going to be... Here's the here's my okay. pitch for Arizona. You're going to need two people to box out Ballow. Right. And Keyshawn Johnson is going to jump over whoever's trying to like be the help side box out person. So there's going to be some sick dunks. I mean, Arizona, I haven't... I mean, I don't know a team that has more overall talent than Arizona in college basketball. This is the Tommy Lloyd test what, year. We, this sounds like what everyone was saying a year ago. At this we time. have said this before about and, Arizona. And I but get, they have better guards this year. They There's have, no Kirk Kreese. We they, saw Kirk Kreese was the red flag we all saw. Yeah. Kirk Kreese was the Achilles heel. People tried to blame it on Tubelis instead you. of him. And me. Well, they're gaslighting us. That's what's <laughs> happening. The Arizona fans are gaslighting and running around Kirk Kreese. He's why Bobby Hurl or not why Bobby. He's why uh, what's the West Virginia coach Bob Huggins? Huggins. Yeah, he's why Bob Huggins got caught drinking and driving, dude. That didn't happen until Kirk Kreese got there. Bob Huggins uh, DUI is so insane. It's so funny. I love that he unresigned. He has a flat tire and is like driving over the median. <laughs> It was not like, oh, guy got caught doing like it no, was like he decided dude, I'm gonna drink. You and passed drive. out and put your foot on the gas. You were so hammered. Yeah, he. The, my favorite detail of that <laughs> was that uh, he has a trash bag on his passenger seat to throw the empties in. <laughs> <laughs> and he will. Is he coaching this team this year? Or did they get? They, I have no idea. I, I hope so. No. I assume he's not. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't not matter that he said that. that his wife was Although going he's like to resign. Sixty-seven for him. years old, or That's, however. That was old. his excuse was that he never resigned. His wife told him he had. To. Yeah, his wife told him there he was resigning. It was never him. Hey, man. No one told him they're like, well, we were gonna fire you. That guy's <laughs> gonna coach again before he goes. Absolutely. Some of them just he's can't gonna be at Siena. Go. I hope he Siena goes to the Euro League, dude. Will okay. Wade is at, at a McNeese State. Yeah, someone will let him have another shot. Hopefully the orange and the black. We have to go to the top, the bottom, the bottom tier. Top. The bottom of the top tier. I call these the morally bankrupt capitalist robber barons. These are the guillotine squads. Yeah. USC and UCLA. Whew, wow. Both 
absolutely loaded. Pretty tight teams. Sick teams. Absolutely sick. You gotta hate watch them. When someone leaves you Oof. in a really fucked up way, it's within your right to follow their Instagram stories. You don't have to block it's... them the next day. The LA schools are why I think the Pac-12 is kind of like the sleeping giant. I mean, they killed the Pac-12. These two LA schools killed the Pac-12. Yes. Well, Oregon, stand up and take a bow. Oregon Oof. and Washington. I, I, I again, they I argue... But we have the people who directed the play. I argue that USC and UCLA stabbed the Pac-12 in the back, and mm-hmm. Oregon and Washington killed it. Mm. And they tried to gaslight everyone into saying they did the right thing. Me and Sam mm. recently but, learned the term gaslighting like a month ago. And we now we using it all, all the time. All the time. I think that's the proper use of gaslight is to just accuse everyone of doing it all the time. Right. If you don't like that's them. the ultimate use of it. Yes. Yeah. But anyways, the Pac-12 has been gaslighting me. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, can I just have a little soliloquy for mm-hmm. my... USC, I love this team so much. They, I'm so bought in on the whole squad. I watched their... They streamed their summer tour on the NBA app. And I love Isaiah Which Collier. feels man. a little dirty. But... Yeah, it's dirty. It's USC, dude. It doesn't get dirtier than USC. And I am so bought in on uh, Collier. He's a stud. Collier's a baller. Collier was the highlight of the uh, Hoop Summit experience, other than all the children freaking out over Bronny James. Yes. Because there was amongst like a very small number of people and energy of like no i'm here to watch isaiah collier actually and and ron, I, I, it, it and ron holland holland is a, a bucket too yeah uh, usc is scary because they're a great roster that is fit perfectly for their coach's style of play which is to roll the balls out and not do any coaching at dunk all. city dude and this is exactly what they're made for they have two of the best post players in the conference. They've got Achuku, who was a five-star recruit, was kind of hurt last year. But if you see him in person, he passes the eye test 10 out of 10 times. He's a freak. Iwachuku's an NBA player. Then they've got first-team all-defense center. Uh, is it Hollins? What's his name? I can't remember the... Uh, their other center was literally first-team all-defense last year. Led Morgan. The, Morgan. Yeah. Led the league in blocks. They're both like 6'11", very agile, like can guard yes. the perimeter, like... Plus, you throw in how good their guards are. They are going to be really good. They're, and Boogie Ellis is they probably the best like a, player. A, they also probably have the best perimeter defender in the Pac-12, I feel like. Who? Uh, what's his? Kobe? Is he Kobe? Kobe Johnson. Kobe, Kobe Johnson, Johnson. Jalen Johnson's little brother. Yeah, uh, he's a stud. Kobe is probably a first-round pick. They also got DJ Rodman, Dennis Rodman's son, who is who, like one of the ultimate role players He in the sucks, Pac-12. but... He's a good role player. He crushes the beavers. He crushes the beavers. Uh, and then I call your I, I am so in love with Isaiah Collier because, um, you know I'm a mock draft guy, right? And he is an anomaly as like a top five projected pick because he's not an athletic freak. He's not a size freak. He's just like oh this guy is like. Really good at passing. <laughs> he's, he's, he's fun to watch, and you know? I think him and Boogie Ellis complement each other yes. very well. And I think it's funny because, like, 
the media narrative is always wrong on USC players because it's like last year they had a guy named Drew Peterson who was like this six ten white guy who they ever loved commentators loved him. Commentators loved him. They're always like, look how fundamentally sound he is as he throws a behind the back pass out of bounds like off a step. Ultimate back team player as he. It doesn't pass to a guy a to an open layup so he can jack up a jump Exactly. Shot. And I feel like the same thing has happened this year where it's like people are like, Boogie Ellis, the ultimate team leader, the first pass, first guy. is like, Boogie Ellis, if there's one thing he's really good at, and he's really good at, it's just creating his own shot in the half court. Like, he's a really yeah. good mid-range step-back guy. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, what's the other freshman's name? Collier. Uh, Collier. Collier's like the good passer. He's going to set it up, but they complement each other really well. The media has been saying that Boogie's going to be like the pass first, set him up. It's not no. going to be the case, but they're going to be perfect. To I was him. sold on Collier. We saw him. Uh, we were at the we were in the same section at the Hoop Summit. And we were in the same row, just same three seats row. apart. And he was playing with Dewan. Me and Sam won't let you and Shane stun on us <laughs> like that. Dude. Fuck you. He was in the same. Uh, he was on the same team with Dewan Wagner Jr. And Dewan Wagner Jr. does not want to pass the ball, especially Never. in a Hoop Summit you situation. You know who his father is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. And I was like, oh, Collier was like. The way he was at ease with like, oh, okay, you're not passing to me. So to me, when he did that, I was like, oh, he's fine with Boogie. He's not this type of player because it's not as an extreme, but I've heard a lot of people who like that I listen to, that me and Sam like, who are kind of like the Pac-12 podcasters in the know, and they kind of compare him to Lonzo Ball, like kind of like that type mm, of thing. No, so he's I don't slower. Think- he doesn't have any kind of fit. Besides his size, which is like a Jarrett Jack-like size... He doesn't have any advantage, really. <laughs> he's not super athletic. He's not he's not Victor Wimbenyama crazy long. He's just like solid, brilliant passer. Plug him into any situation. Yeah. And I love that. I think he's gonna be even in the Pac twelve as a freshman point guard, I think he's gonna be great. Well, the Pac-12 guard play is kind of weak this year. So he has potential to be, and Pac-12 first team, I love your little stat at the beginning with five returning players. There's like, what, 12 guys in the first team all Pac-12, 10 guys. Look, they, so they put long. 20 guys on the Pac-12, 20 guys get Pac-12 all team. Um, and also, we haven't touched on UCLA. UCLA will be fun this year. Interesting. Fun, fun. Interesting team. Real quickly about USC, like they have a uh. coach just Andy Enfield is the AAU coach with the headset and the yeah. sweatsuit who's just competent enough and has players just that he knows how to deal with that, like, you don't watch him and think, this guy's ruining youth basketball. People like him yeah. are, but yeah. he lets him do, you know, he rolls the ball out, but they seem to at least respect him a little bit. He's right. got a hot wife he cares more about than this. Anyway, legendary, legendary hatwife. The the Lob City thing at Florida Gulf Coast, he should always get credit for. But my point with him is like everyone says that they're not good enough. Like when he had Evan Morgan, they they were pretty and this team's almost as good as that one. Mobley? Mobley. Mobley, I'm sorry. I will yes. say Ed Morgan right Ed, now. Uh, I yes, feel Joshua like, Morgan right I feel now. Like I, I was gonna say this team has very similar vibes to the Elite Eight. It does, and they. Do, I don't know that any of them are Evan Mobley, but None they have a I felt, bunch of dogs. I felt betrayed by uh, Florida Gulf, uh, Gulf Coast University's uh, run. They were so cool. White point guard throwing lobs. So fun. Oh, this team's out of nowhere. And then I learned that this is a heavily funded 
libertarian. Yeah. Like, destroy the government. <laughs> what but it think, made what more... What do you think USC is? Seth? And then, like, Andy Enfield was like, a, oh, I got an app. I'm a millionaire. I got a model wife. So they were one of those things that they had the appeal of, like, a team out of nowhere, but were actually just another billionaire funded which is and, and what do you like, think because we didn't even talk horrible. about Bronny. lebron james kid is going to be on you he will help year. he will like, i i also kind of trust andy enfield to not give a fuck like all, he's my seventh man he won't like fine somehow get, i trust andy andy enfield's wife is so hot i trust him <laughs> to navigate the Bronny water no that's exactly <laughs> yeah. all right do you think he's ever even met lebron maybe once twice I bet I they have know. no relationship at all. They probably met him at, like, him and the founder of Uber. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, met LeBron. LeBron some, knew like, him already a little bit. Some, like, like, oh, hackathon. you coach my son now. Yeah. And, yeah, it would... I just remember Florida Gulf... Because I have a thing where I watch the NCAA tournament every year, and I... The team that captures my emotions, I buy a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Who'd you and, buy from this year? And I I can't remember. But I nobody, I think. But Florida Gulf Coast, I bought Florida Atlantic, I think it was. And I was like, yeah, it was FAU. And, but like I bought them and I was like, oh excited. And then the more I learned about them, the more I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to wear this. I was like, this is actually a piece of shit. And I don't I like I want underdog shit. You know what I mean? You hate to learn money's in basketball, huh? Even at the mid-major level, everyone talks about college basketball like it doesn't spin the whole wheel when it does. It spins the wheel, man. Spins no. the wheel. UCLA, let's let's jump on to UCLA. Sam derailed us on the USC. I apologize. Bit, I wanted no, to that give that take on Indian. That was, that was. I just want to say that UCLA, look out for it because this is me and Sam's and everything. If you have the opportunity to see UCLA play in person, do it. Because Mick Cronin, who's their coach, is a tiny, tiny Irish man. Is the funniest coach in the Pac-12 because he he's screams at all of his cartoon players. Cartoon character. He's we, me and Sam have been at games where he's literally sub players out on back to back to back possessions. Like he just he every couldn't figure single out. dead ball. He was upset with someone and wanted to make a point. And all of his players have to come to him at the, when they come out of the game. They don't run to the bench. They stop to him and they crouch over or bend down to look at him as he looks in their face and cusses them out or screams at them. And this year, UCLA has a seven foot three, gangly Spanish center. It's supposed to be good. Ade Mara. Real. Yeah. Co- so, just for Blazer fans that listen to this, and I know they, there are, he coached Moses Brown one year, and they could <laughs> like. And if you've seen Moses Brown play, you get why he was too tall and didn't listen, and, and it, was, <laughs> it hurt his back. Like he would get so mad at him. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh, UCLA has so they have. Ade 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 Mara Ade Mara, who is seven foot three, who is a lottery pick. Supposed to be really good at defense too. Like a seven foot three, and he's not like a massive guy. He's kind of like more slender, more mobile. So if you think about, it's not a fit. If they have him and they have. Bona, a Dem Bona, reigning Pac-12 freshman, is a good Mick Cronin guy, defensive guy. I mean, that's so. No, they have a great front court. They're one of the teams that have a great front court. No, and I think, I think Mara. Anybody who's watched a, a UCLA McCronin team knows that he's not going to be happy with a freshman's defense at all. He's going to be, be so mad. But Adem Bona plays, and I would 
I would put money on this. He plays harder than any other player in the Pac-12. He has like a 110-mile-per-hour motor. Mm. He's never going to stop. He's going to make up for a lot of deficiencies that Mara has. He's going to let Mara kind of be able to just like kind of gloss around and toss shots. You might even see Mara have better kind of counting stats, but it's going to be all a Dembona killing himself every possession. Wow. Um, and it's going to be a great condom. They're going to be – That's I think UCLA is the sleeping giant. UCLA – uh, USC, those are the teams that are going to propel the Pac-12, where I think at the end of the season when you're getting into the NCAA tournament, they're going to be in the teens nationally ranked, where right now they're not. And yeah. you're going to see four to five teams, I think, ranked before the NCAA tournament from the Pac-12. It would only be fitting that a Pac-12 team wins the championship in the last year of the Pac-12. I guess I would make the exception for even the ones I hate the most. If a Pac-12 team did it this mm. year... It, think, there would be some something pretty satisfying about that, something cathartic. Yeah, we'll see. I also want to shout out on UCLA. I like Will McClendon. He's their point guard. He's been like kind of like a bench guy. McClendon standing UCLA's team. I yeah. do love UCLA. You, you've always had a soft spot. I always love well because I'm a Capono guy. I'm a Jason Capono guy. Sure, and once you once you take that pill, you never recover. I <laughs> but I Will McClendon's go good. Ahead, Will McClendon. I want to say this. He's been in the shadows of Tiger Campbell the last couple of years. Right. He, <laughs> yes. Um, he has dreadlocks like Tiger Campbell. But what he does is throw saucy passes. Mm. And Which, Mick Cronin has never liked no, him. But he's going to be forced no. to use Will McClendon. And I think you're going to see it play out because this is a little bit more of a saucy team than they've had in the last couple of years where it's been more of a yes sir team. Yes. You're going to see it go to more of a sauce face team. I, I think, think Will's their head thrive. coach might disagree that it will stay a yes sir team. It will stay. It will, will fucking it will, make it stay one. It will stay a yes sir team, but it will have a sauce base vibe. Mick Cronin's father. I, since we're we're talking about UCLA, it is worth mentioning that Mick Cronin's father is a legendary Ohio high school basketball coach named Hep Cronin, and so was his grandfather. His Hep his his grandfather is Hep Cronin Senior. And uh, his dad was removed from the championship of the Pac-12 tournament. It it would the it they it made a- it seem like people attacked him. He, <laughs> it, that's not what happened. He went up to some mouthy younger people and yeah, fought got, them. And to be fair, I mean the Pac-12 championship game. I want to give this a shout out on this podcast. If you're able to. Go to this Pac-12 tournament it's your this last, last year. It's a great experience. Last Amazing. year, the championship game between Arizona and UCLA was electric. I've never seen so many 40-year-old men throw full beers in the faces of Otherwise, college yeah, students. People that seemingly have lots of money in respectable situations in life just, just throw their beers at Arizona students. It's a passion. You uh, get the college rivalries. It's, it's so good. you got to check it out. If you can, I highly recommend the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas. And as that was happening, apparently Mick Cronin's father was like beating up a, a, teenager. a, a teenager. You couldn't see him throw all the beers Arizona fans were throwing on UCLA it fans after the victory. And I can't even imagine Imagine what it's going to be like this year. Oh, it's going to be nuts. You're going to you're going to rush the court. If I don't physically, I have to work it. I'm working out right now to stop Sam from physically rushing the court. Just to, I, without a plan, you know. That's what's scary. That's what's scary. <laughs> Why is he wearing a coat? <laughs> All right. Well, that was great. <laughs> Thank you.
Peyton. Can I say something about Scoot? No, I'm just kidding. Go I'm ahead. Dirty you want anything off. else? Scoot Henderson would bust Damian Lillard's ass. And I, I, I do want to give a shout out to you, Seth, for telling us Thank that we you. would be your first guest and then proceeding to to have multiple shows with other people on them. You were the first people I thought of as guests. Thank you. <laughs> That's fair. You That's created fair. the you created the genre within the pod. Uh, I love that because I do I do want to shout out Pepe Sanchez. I listened to all the episodes. I think it's a very entertaining podcast. And thank you. If you like niche basketball podcasts check out sam and i's podcast the peyton years on oh, any platform also the peyton years we just got to talk about the embrace that the program has had for your podcast we're a true successful success story for if you're a delusional fan of something if yeah. you make a podcast about it that thing will like it. this is what you dream it. about it coincides right? with a historic run that you're gonna have like cheeseburgers and beers with the coach of the team i mean yes. free tickets that are like the nicest seats in the house to any college basketball game is insane considering that's just me and sam talking about just recording conversations we would normally I, have i meant games. to bring this up earlier but if you haven't lived until you've seen a college basketball game watching it strictly with andy and then just the family members of the players in the game, getting waxed by Portland State. Like, that is when you know you're, you feel like a family when you do that. Mm-hmm. A That's sad family. A sad that family. Better days are ahead. All right. Well, we had some Bible scripture. We had some existential thoughts. Oh, I did oh. have one thing that I didn't bring up on our podcast for Pac 12 Preview that I, I stumbled in my deep research. Really niche it, Go ahead. it is very niche but i thought this might be the perfect podcast to have yes. it um nikki mitchell who is a uh a youtube sensation okay. for he's one of the original like really good white high school athletes on baller's life like if you look up yes. Mitchie, Mick, mickey mitchell he has one of the best baller's life mixtape um he is now an arizona state like uh recruiting specialist he's on their roster so that was the only thing I ever wanted to mention about Arizona State, and I forgot to. But it's I thought a this shout was, out. It's a shout out. And this is such a niche podcast. If you were a fan of the the new white chocolate Mickey Mitchell, he's Mickey Mitchell buried on the bench at Arizona State, helping the players get towels. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. That was and I hate it. him for it. I just I, I meant to say that on this podcast. I wouldn't didn't want to forget. Perfect. Thank you.